0: Hi, this is Mark from Jag Panzer. You're watching CMS TV.
1: dude i don't even know how to describe that that's like <laughs> it's doom it's i don't know mashuga a little bit it's proggy it's it's i like it i like it and trey welcome to the show man
2: what's going on y'all can you hear me yes sir here you Fantastic, fine man yeah we've been trying to figure out how to describe riff for uh ever since 2015 when uh cody and i realized that we had no other hobbies, so <laughs> we might as well play play in a metal band. So yeah, it's sometimes you just you have like this specific style, and sometimes you just got a, a group of folks that just have all these crazy interests and uh, influences, and you just you just go with the hodgepodge, and that's what we decided to do. Sure. So yeah, let me know when you got a good way to describe it. <laughs> look it for
1: one. Well, do, do you like Doom Tool?
2: doom tool could work <laughs> we have been compared to tool and uh, I've come to accept it i am a tool fan okay um the last record when it came out uh full disclosure I bought like a uh, like a super high quality audio uh version of it okay um so I could have like the super lossless version of it and uh, i've i've seen them multiple times I love them like, sure. I, I've, I've always loved Tool. I understand that Tool is a band that is now a, uh, a point of contention with a lot of people, <laughs> uh, uh, which is interesting, I guess. You know, I don't know if it's just a popularity or people kind of just make fun of, like, just, um, like, like, progressive instance. I feel like everybody's got a math joke about Tool. I'm just like, that's kind of an easy <laughs> freaking stab. It's like, give me a break, you know. I'm just like, sorry some folks decided to be weird. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. It happens, but yeah. No, I, I, I um I I don't really mind the comparison because it's a good band. Period. Right on, man.
1: Well dude, why don't we, why don't we start off before Toomey takes over on me here? Uh why don't we start <laughs> off with just maybe give people a a brief history of the band of where sure. you guys are from so that people know who we're talking to
2: absolutely no problem uh my name's trey i am one of the guitar players slash vocalist in rift um as uh Tumi was saying earlier uh, as i was uh eavesdropping uh me and the other guitar player we used to be in a, a band with josh back in the 90s um back in 2015 That's probably the first
0: time you've ever called me josh by the way but go ahead
2: oh uh, well it's a <laughs> i don't know that i figure like the people out in the world call you josh <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i call you to me. that's our that's our special name that's our thing. <laughs> um but anyway uh in 2015 we decided to get together um start uh putting some riffs together uh ended up hollering at our buddy jeremiah and our friend jason whitus um jeremiah we had known from uh playing in uh uh bands uh back in the 90s as well um amazing bass player really just kind of brings like a, like that. He kind of brings our very, uh, kind of like our post-rock, uh, influences in there, big Bogwai fans, stuff like that. Um, uh, we put out two EPs with, uh, with Jason on drums, uh, both recorded with Mikey Allred. Uh, we played, a, um, been. We've been playing a lot of good shows here lately. Kind of, kind of just kick back into gear, to be honest with you. Here, just recently, we, okay. like this year is the first time we've played since 2018. Uh, but yeah, put out. We put out three EPs. Uh, we keep on just putting songs together that probably sound like they should be about 17 bands. We don't care. We just keep <laughs> on doing it uh we we don't know what else to do um so uh we we're 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 really happy with like the some of the folks that really just kind of vibe on our weird little style of music that we've come up with um you know but yeah that's 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 pretty much it we're just gonna we've just kind of gonna keep on going um and getting out there just bringing our little weird style of metal to whoever whoever's looking for something a little different man
0: how did Brad get get involved? Was did did Cody and Brad did they play together in today? Is
2: the day or no? They didn't, but they were always buddies. Um, mm-hmm. The whole thing came about when we were um, found ourselves without a drummer when uh, we were coming back off the COVID break. Um, the drummer we had at the time uh, could not uh, couldn't do it anymore. So we had all these jams that we've been sitting on forever. We were just like, oh, my God, we've had all these songs. We've always been working. You know, And we're just like, we've got to get these recorded. It's like, it's like, I don't care if we don't play another live show. We've got to get these recorded. And Cody apparently had uh, been talking with Brad. They were working on like a like a side project or something like that together. Um, and just I was just like, man, why don't you just ask Brad if we could send him some jams and he can come down and record it and he he dug what we sent him and uh he was just like yep he he sat there and tracked demo tracks to all the demos that we sent him and then he came down and recorded
1: right on let me ask you a dumb question from a okay. non-musician and this okay. is def and and feel free to say yeah that is a dumb question but as a non-musician but somebody that definitely hears a ton of music you guys obviously do not fit a mold you're not a 4-4 time band you're not a, it's
2: a nice dude. every now and again but yeah, yeah. But,
1: but but i mean not cons there's not, not a, consistently <laughs> there's not a there's not a bridge chorus bridge chorus no. out thing going on with you guys Neither. at all that being said how do you write stuff with that when you don't have anywhere to look to kind of aim for to kind of aim with a direction to, f- to uh, create
2: I kind of write kind of like a stream of consciousness Sometimes it's just like uh, one riff I just how I record or how I demo tracks I just kind of I, I use a program called Ableton Live a lot and what it allows me to do is record like little snippets into these scenes that I can launch okay so what i'll do is i'll just kind of sit there if i'm feeling the mood you know got me a couple of cold ones we're kicking back we're flipping on the riff machine and i just start going i just start sitting here playing riff after riff whatever's just coming off my mind some of it's gold some of it's you know cold you know but at the end of the night i have all these stuff and they kind of are vibing together so then i start taking all these pieces and maybe the 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 piece that i played towards the end of my jam session well that becomes like the main riff or or what but i sat there and i just kind of start laying out music in front of me essentially in a grid okay. so i can't because i can't sit here and think of it linearly right i, can't. I want to sit here it's like i take it and then, take it and i start re- rearranging it i'm like well now maybe if that's like the now this is like the main part let me go back into this it's like what now we'll ditch that whole thing and then now this part is just like goes on you know six times as long you know so for me it's just trying to capture just that that just kind of like it's just like this kind of so like just feels like it's kind of a flow for me mm. you know and i just keep on moving and moving and moving and after a while it just it just sounds like a song
1: so it's a flow on feel
2: yeah like i will sit here and i will i will have those pieces arranged like i will have right. like Part one, two, three, four, five, and six, and then Mm -hmm. I'm just launching them randomly, just like Mm -hmm. and and recording how long they go. It's um, it's it's something I got used to with the program that I used, and then once I sit here and I'm done done experimenting, um, I will learn how I kind of chopped it up, and then I sit there and play it back, kind of like you know, I don't know, like kind of like how like Mr. Bungle used to like sit there and chop stuff up. like on their like uh like when they were recording with john zorn stuff like that you know so
1: that would make me nuts i would never (laughs) sleep i would never sleep i i could tell you now i would be so into that that i would never be able to fall asleep because i'd be like wait a minute that's not it that's not it
2: that's not let me record
1: something else
2: you know, oh, trust me. Yeah. I, I, my brain's not really good at turning off. So it's like, hey, that's those three o'clock in the morning ideas. You get, like come you can come right back and then this thing about having it set up like that, you can just sit there and redo it right there on the plot. So I love that feeling.
0: Well, kinda of going back to to our early days in twelve volts, I mean that was the one thing, you know, we would write music in a room together, but it would mm-hmm. be the hate breed part times four, sepulture part times right, exactly. four. And it but it would but we would never really hand over the music to Jason, our vocalist, in a, in a pattern of this is verse, chorus, verse, chorus, pre-chorus, bridge, mm-hmm. out. You know what I'm saying? Like we would just kind of hand him a, a musical landscape. And a lot of the times where I would think that the chorus riff was this, and the verse riff was that, like Jason would come back and be like, "Actually, no, the verse riff is this." You know, yeah. we, we never like, really wrote about? that's the <laughs> intro. Yeah, <he's> like, <laughs> like, like, we never really wrote like an, an actual A B A B A B kind yeah. Of riff. Oh, I
2: love just kind of the parts, just kind of be open in the air, open to interpretation. Shoot, even when we play like our old stuff, we still changes and moves because we think of new stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, and that's I think that's awesome um, about music. I mean, if you go get a live record of like the Melvins playing like one of their old songs, it's going to sound nothing right. like it did when they first recorded. You know, right. that's great. You know, I think that's great.
0: Sure. Now, talk to me about. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna uh, go sorry. Uh, Talk to me about recording this because, you know, even the the basically every EP you guys have put out sounds a million times better than anything we ever did in 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I'm just like fuck this this bass sound, these drums, like everything just sounds so good, and like just kind of talk about. You know, producing and recording and writing and all this stuff. Uh, Yeah,
2: no doubt. Well, I'll go ahead and say that's uh, all in thanks to uh, Mikey Allred uh, at uh, Dark RDO, um, who recorded all three of our EPs. Um, Recorded just a ton of metal here in Nashville. Really just knows how to get the sound of heaviness and can do it inside a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a ranch-style home in Madison as well (laughs) i mean you you hear those sounds that's a that's a that's a a madison living room right there so this guy you know it's what's hilarious is he can sit here and go from like uh like where he was recording at abbey road with all them witches to his house sitting there recording rift and it's just it's just another Mm -hmm. day for mikey right you know it's just another day of making something sound badass uh mikey's one of those dudes he knows how to record metal he knows how to get it um he knows what to mic he he knows how to mic it um he knows how to mix it and knows how to master he's like he's the total package every time we've had anything go to him i've just been like i remember the first time we sat there and like we like recorded like a quick little um you know we we started recording the first ep and we went back and listened to listen to like the first track and we were like Jesus Christ, that's the heaviest thing I've ever heard in my damn life, <laughs> Mike. <my, yes. laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, I I felt like for the first time I was like hearing the music in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, how I always wanted it to sound. And um, yeah, Mikey was absolutely amazing. He's worked with a ton of amazing bands and it was awesome. He always still had time for, you know, he always had time for his buddy down the road in Madison, old Trey Suter. Head he band with. When he's not out there, you know, getting the big bucks with all them witches or, yeah. you know, he also recorded Joucho on Relapse Records as well. Okay. And all this stuff is just amazing. And, and he'll also, um, he records different, all kinds of different uh, styles of music. He also recorded this band, uh, uh, one of my new favorite bands here uh, from that. Well, they just moved here from Maryland called the Swell Fellas. Uh, real heavy psychedelic stuff. Um, they were on tour with Yob and Kaven. Um And then he also recorded like this uh, – so the dark wave band um that was from the north somewhere i can't uh remember exactly where they were from but he just he knows what music sounds like and he can really just he make sure that whatever you're envisioning uh comes about essentially you know no matter the genre so yeah i i uh absolutely amazing guy unfortunately he has he has he has left his madison home uh, (laughs) very very sadly uh so i don't know where rift will turn to next for their ep but uh if mikey if you hear this please come home <laughs> um, i miss you mikey we we need you back buddy need you here yeah nice
1: well well trey um anybody that's going to hear this the music the first thing they're going to think of is this is the doom scene because yeah. you guys i mean you're very very big influence, especially guitar-wise. It definitely oh, yeah. has that sound. It's our home base. Yeah, sure. and, and that's cool, because that scene right now seems to be thriving. Mm-hmm. But that being said, to me, and this is just outsider looking in, it almost seems to me like that scene is starting to get very hair metally, where it's all sounding the same everybody has the same super long beard and the same clothes you know it's really starting everybody's to
2: everybody's got some sort of take on uh, uh some sort of weed yeah uh, exactly <laughs> yeah is
1: every band is is named something 420 or yeah, exactly. you know or something like that for you guys who don't sound like exactly like that that are always going to be different from that scene but be kind of compared to that scene is that a good thing because you'll always be separated? Or is that a bad thing because people will be like, well, it doesn't sound like what I've wanted.
2: Uh, well, I would like to go ahead. Full disclosure, I am a huge uh, Bongzilla fan. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, as a matter of fact, the other day, I just became aware of a band called Bongzilla and was extremely upset that I didn't come up with that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, I still I love, uh, you know, I'm still a big sleep fan of a big weed eater fan. Sure. I understand that's a thing. And I also understand that's very synonymous for what metalheads think of as doom and can kind of obviously be off putting if like, you know, getting high and shit like that's not really your thing. Right, you know, but with that being said, I would challenge people who are wanting to get into the doom genre that there is a lot more than just a bunch of barbarian weed shit going on. Sure, I would definitely <laughs> say look into what's putting out uh, coming out of the uh, Pacific Northwest uh, with bands such as Hell and Mismore. Uh, uh, we played with Hell earlier this year. Uh, we're going to be open for Mismore on uh, October 10th. This is definitely more on the edge of like. <clears throat> very bleak, blackened funeral doom. There's nothing happier, fucking stoner about it, absolutely all right. I say. It's a trajectory into a dystopian hellscape, which you may not <laughs> recover from. And uh, absolutely amazing stuff. Uh, my good friends here, um, who were uh, who are on a profound lore loss from here, uh, once again, very big influenced by doom, but there's nothing about them that, you know, that's, you know, uh, akin to anything like, um, you know, Conan or, um, mono Lord or things like that sure. nature. It's all very influenced by the very early like doom stuff, eighties, doom stuff, St. Vitus, candle things like that. And to me, those will always be the, um, those would be the big like keystones for doom for me. Bands like trouble, Uh, cathedral cathedral, yeah Yeah. huge huge cathedral fan cathedral big big influence on uh me as far as cathedral stuff as well i love them as well man yeah Yeah, we
1: could do no wrong (laughs) oh yeah man
2: i i absolutely love it even when they were even when they did after a while start getting a little rocky Mm -hmm. and stuff like that i love that (laughs) stuff too man i i I had you know I, i thought it was great you know sure but um i definitely um like those bands like still there's like still like stoner rock bands that like uh we play with or ones that i will say bands that don't mind being referred to as stoner rock bands that we play with they love us we love them sure um you know if you guys want to have a good rocking time there'll be that band those be those bands but if you know you need to have some sort of introspective, emotional reckoning, we're here to take care of you as well. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs>
1: well, dude, what do you think of, if you're even familiar with it, of like the Doom Charts or the Obelisk or Heavy Galaxy or, you know, there, there does seem to be a media yeah, coming together for this finally. And it's, you know, this is not new. I mean, I, I can remember going and seeing bands like uh, Red Giant and uh, mm-hmm. Abdullah back in the 90s. You know, so it's not new, but it's new to have its own set of media, even if it is grassroots produced. Right. What do you think about that stuff as somebody that makes music in the
2: scene? All I know is I keep up with all that stuff, especially with uh, 666 Mr. Doom. Um, he's always been a big supporter of Rift. Um, Doom Charts, they've all, they have all reach out. Uh, and I reach out to them, too, like when we've got sure. new stuff. Um, I remember... I, I was completely unaware of these, these kind of grassroots uh, doom like YouTube uh, channels and Facebook groups, et cetera, things like that. And it's kind of interesting when we all kind of found each other. What, what, what it's great is if you're someone like me who is constantly just has a uh, never-ending appetite for new music, especially stuff that no one else has heard. Trust me, Trey Suter loves to have a band that nobody else has heard of they listen to it all the time. And just like, what is this? It's like, you've never heard it. Except for me, you know. <laughs> so that's why I love, like I'll sit there and just flip on uh, 66 Mr. Doom. Just go through there, see what the new stuff is that's coming out. Because um, all of it's generally just a bunch of uh, like just uh, local folks like myself. that are just kind of doing it. Um, No label, anything like that. You know, we just get our music out there. We've got our people that have rolling us on Bandcamp that really love our shit and are super responsive and supportive and all i know is if i was young uh get first getting into music i would have absolutely killed killed to have something like that just like a never-ending stream of music you've never heard that's in the style that you adore
1: right right
2: you know it's like i wouldn't get enough i couldn't i couldn't get enough because when i was young it's like i'm still the same but when i was young i was you know, just kind of insane about it. I just love, love absorbing anything that sounded like something I hadn't heard before. I wanted to hear more of it, you know? So I, I, I've, I've been very appreciative and I I think it's kind of interesting to be honest with you. I was just like, yeah, it seems like it was kind of like a, there's a lot of like, it's, it's, it's almost like a a bit of a joke genre. (laughs) If you really think about it, I mean, even it's like what a lot of metal is, uh, but um, which is fine. That's fine. Uh, even Rift, the name itself, is kind of dumb. It was a joke <laughs> that became the band. I mean, it was a joke. It's like, what if it was a riff, like a guitar riff, but like a rift in space? <laughs> and then now I'm in that band. So, you know, so, but I mean, you know, my favorite, you know, one of my favorite bands is the Melvins too. So it's just like, it's, it's like whatever, you know. Uh, but like to have something that's just like, like, kind of doesn't really take itself too seriously which is what I do really enjoy about this toner metal stuff and then but when I do like I need to have like that I need to disappear inside my own psyche for a while uh, you know I've got that too so the doom genre definitely has covers a lot of bases of how right. I'm feeling so
0: well let's go back in the uh, wayback machine uh, Aiken over here he's in Akron Ohio area yeah and Trey and I, Spent four lovely days in Akron, Ohio back in the day, and we... Which was like three po- months in, like, Akron
2: time.
0: <laughs> we, we almost pulled our eyeballs out because we, we had been in Akron for so long.
2: Now, <laughs> granted, we should probably go back and, and, and attempt to give it another fair shot. But, right. and, and not stay at some uh, loony woman's house for four days, you know. <sighs> Maybe well, You stay won't stay there
1: anymore. She's dead. So, <laughs> Oh, do you know who we're talking about? Uh, yeah. Uh, Dolly, Dolly and Ron I from Ron's no crossroads. What yeah. I think it well, was, no, it no Dolly.
0: Dolly uh, no, that was the, the, we didn't, we didn't stay with Dolly. Dolly was the bartender, uh, the club owner. Yeah. You know, Chris right. knew the club owner. I, I actually, I found some of those videos and sent them to him. No, we, uh, man, I don't Carolyn, I think was her name, but we ended up staying. It was like a three story house. We stayed on the top floor, just like oh, wow. sequestered away and and <laughs> for like four days at like some lady's house and just <laughs> sat there and you know we played two shows at uh what was the bar um ron's crossroads at ron's crossroads yeah
2: all it is, yeah we played one with i don't know i can i can remember that one i just but then we jumped show jumped with opening for earth crisis yeah
0: that was crazy yeah for like it, 10 it, people i was it just was, like it was one of those things where I, like I was I you know one of us or me was standing there and none of the opening bands showed up for Earth Crisis and we were just like we're a band.
2: <laughs> we were in the parking lot. It's like Whoa. <laughs> they're like, sure. You know, <laughs> which was one of the two times we opened for Earth Crisis back yeah,
0: then. Yeah, we did we did two yes. shows with them. Crazy we times. Two shows
2: with them. Uh, no, we, we owe uh, Akron a second shot. And also <laughs> no, that you lady don't. we stayed with ah uh, i I'm, I'm getting I'm getting easy in my old age. Uh, and, if, and if that lady is listening to this podcast, I hope your <laughs> life got better. Like, you know, I really, I really hope so. I don't think about you often, but I, what I do, I hope you're better.
0: <laughs> the, the, my favorite thing of Akron was the 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 liquor store that you pulled into. You mm-hmm. just drove into the liquor store. Common, yeah. you know,
2: fairly common these days, other places. But yeah. I mean, for a bunch of you know uh, country hicks leaving Nashville for the first time on a tour, it's just like whoa.
0: <laughs> this well, is something is. different.
2: This yeah. is the best.
0: Yeah, it wasn't too bad actually. So, it did have a yeah, time oh. And When you first start touring, that's when you learn like different states' alcohol rules. Like, yeah. you know, you can buy beer on this day, but you yeah. have to buy liquor at the liquor store. You can buy cold beer at Walgreens, but you have to go, you know, you, you oh, start yeah, write yeah. all that stuff down.
2: The first time you're at a gas station and they've got like wine or, or liquor, you're just like, what? What is this like? It's like is is this legal? <laughs> you know? Do you guys know what you're doing? Have we stopped have we stopped at some sort of like like a speakeasy gas station? Like what is this? <laughs> Do we know the secret knock?
1: Well, yeah. it, it's weird too because you go some places I opened a business 100 miles from here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And you know, 100 miles not that far. But um, Pittsburgh, you can't buy beer or alcohol on Sundays. At so, all. you at all? So, for me, you know, that was what culture shock. <laughs> well, they, they, well, I mean, you buy it, you buy, I mean, from like a gas station or a, a, the liquor store is closed. And, I mean, you can buy it at a venue, I guess, but yeah. okay, you can't okay. buy like a 12 pack okay. coming home on a Sunday night. If, if you, you haven't, haven't thought ahead there. on Saturday, you're screwed. And it's like, what is going on? You know, what country am I in? <laughs> I don't
2: know, man. I guess. That would be-
0: that was actually one thing the Titans actually changed the alcohol laws in Nashville by the time they came because on Sundays for a long time you couldn't buy beer until afternoon and then they got the time moved back at some point. Yeah, was, so you could get it for your yeah, so you can get, get it for your, your tailgating. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly, good times. Uh, you know, Trey, I, I was thinking about this and a- Aiken and I have interviewed Fred Corey a couple of times over sure. the, over the years and stuff, and I, and I kind of wanted to talk to you about. I don't know if we've ever really talked about those early days with Fred Corey and meeting him and like, what, what was your initial kind of like, here we are, we're about to record with the guy from Cinderella.
2: Oh Uh, yes. Um, to me, I mean, I don't really get starstruck or anything like that, uh, very easily. Uh, but to me, it, it's not like it was just another person that we're going to go record with, but I still was just like, Oh, this is awesome. You better still make it sound good. (laughs) (laughs) And he did. Uh, yeah. Fred was awesome. You know, what a great way. I was honestly kind of put back. I was just like, cause we, we recorded with, uh, Steve Olsen from today's a day, which was like, you know, it's a, you know, it's some Nashville familiarity. I didn't really know, uh, how Fred was really going to be. I was just like, I remember he came over and hung out that one practice and he seemed pretty chill. And then we got into the studio and everybody just kind of, uh, relaxed and started being themselves. And, uh, we, we naturally just got along because I think just normally like New York people just kind of when they're talking just are constantly just it's like it's it's like, are these people friends? It's like, no, they, <laughs> they like each other a lot. This is how really? they talk. It's right. just people just giving them people just giving them each other's shade. Just, you know, the entire freaking time, you know, just like, man, it's like, man, those guys are really pissed at each other. It's like, oh, no, that's his best friend. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's cool to like because I'm kind of the same way. So it was that. So that was why I always kind of really liked Fred. He, was, he wasn't going to be the, if, if something sucked, he was going to tell you. Same as me. You know, he wasn't going to let no shit slide. Um, so it was awesome that like he could just sit there and kind of hang out and record us and, yeah. and just not sit here and try to butter us up. With a bunch of bullshit, you know. Right. He just he just recorded the band and, and how good we were. That's what it sounded like. No worse, no better. And that's did, all I could ask. Did you
1: worry at all before you started though, that this guy was gonna totally try to push you into Cinderella mode? Oh because, try to
2: like like kind of Yeah, kinda
1: direct you in a you know, as as the producer, is he gonna try and produce what he what he's known for?
2: All I know is if he would have tried, he would have really Fucked up, because uh, <laughs> I would have none of that. Um, trying to mold Trey Suter I was like, some people are like clay. I, 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 am like porcelain. Like, there's no like, this is it. But you know what? i want to be very clear. Fred never tried that. He yeah. never even got to. talk I mean, every now and again, he would have advice about songs, and we'd give it a shot. And if it was a good idea, it stayed. And if it didn't, we did it. But it was never to the point where, like, he was just like, oh, this is the style you guys need to do, or you need to look like this, or anything like that. He just let the band be the band. Yeah. You know, he just, and just captured what we were in that moment. You know, I, and it's like, no, he never tried any of that stuff. That's what you would expect from somebody that you think, oh, that's like, oh, they used to be having a big band in the 80s. They're going to try to find some talented kids and, like, mold them into what they think he was like no he was just uh he liked the band he liked hanging out with us and then just captured us in that rawness that we were when we were young you know right on man He and, and he could have done that stuff and really made for a bad time but it never did
1: well but did. but then he wouldn't have a customer and and he was probably trying at that point uh, correct me if i'm wrong but he was trying to establish himself away from being a band guy at that point he was trying to establish yeah. his his chops and and his ability to capture sound right
2: yeah but he still had to re- like he had to be still record stuff that he was proud of at that time too so it was also well, I think like, obviously he wasn't with- just recording us and not playing it for other like heavy rock bands that he made sure. like want to record and things like that you know so you know sure but-
1: well, I I mean I always wonder I always wonder when musicians go in to become producers mm. if they do it to get away from what they were doing because you know kind of the opposite of what you're saying right because they're not proud of what they're doing anymore <laughs> and they want to do something and nothing against Cinderella I like Cinderella and I liked Arcade that he did with Piercy too I'm just saying he may have wanted to get away from that which he is was. why which is why he went in a totally different direction and found a band like your band that was very different from that.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Fred's always going to be a drummer. Like, he's always going to – like, you look into that band's eyes, you're always going to see a rock star. Sure. But, um, yeah, I I think he's just maybe one of those folks that just honestly really just kind of liked – some people, like, even as, like, like jokey that I put on that I kind of like – enjoy just like giving people shit all the time when it really gets down to it i really like just working with musicians and some people get into studio atmosphere and then just they just love being in studios like like before i even really learned how to play guitar i i knew how to record you know i i'd been always been like uh my uh buddies uh one of the original guitar players in 12 volt had a studio uh at his house was dad had studio and we always used to record all the time uh, we later, um, started working on a studio in Merit, what's now marathon music works above there. Um, they, he, he, you but our buddy Ty, they had a studio in there. I was, uh, going to school for recording and I was just always there and I didn't, I didn't really care what style of music was being recorded or anything. I just loved hanging out, helping when I could, but you just, if you really just enjoy music, like that's just kind of one of the natural things that comes around Is you just like to be in the studio. Right. It's great. It's so fun like to see like just to see the lights goes on the eyes to see somebody who's coming in with these ideas and all of a sudden the the thing that they've had in their head is now in this recorded thing and they're hearing it coming back on it. But it's just a, it's just a magical moment that you're just kind of helping people with, you know, and it's you know, it's awesome. And plus, just 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 being around. It's like, hey, everybody needs to record. So you never if you got a studio time and you're in Nashville you never know who's going to be showing up, baby. You know, (laughs) you never, you never know, you know? So it's just, it's just a cool thing to do. No, if you, if you like working in a studio, that's just what you like. You know, you like music. It's just natural. I think. Right.
0: Well, as we kind of wind down, Trey, um, you know, Chris was obviously kind of along for the ride when you and I did the twelve volt reunion, and mm-hmm. last year, and he was kind of having to hear me talk about going down for rehearsals and going down, oh, to yeah, the show and, and all that good stuff. But I mean, I don't, I don't know how much you and I have talked about it since since the show. But I mean, what was your kind of takeaway from you know getting back together and playing after twenty some odd years without playing? You know, oh, that together? was killer. I
2: mean, that was my first show since <clears throat> I. Like, that was my first show since the last I'd played with Rift at that point in time. Like, Rift was still just kind of... We were still finishing out our EP at that point, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it might have been... I think the recording in the can we were just working on art. Mm-hmm. But um, that had been the first show I had played since Rift opened for Monster Magnet in
0: 2018.
2: Oh, nice. Um, over at Basement East. Uh, so... I remember, um, I remember being, uh, I won't say, uh, nervous, but I did definitely want to just get up there and put in a good show for Mary and everybody, uh, Barry and Donnie and, and, uh, everybody's, so I was just, um, I I was really happy that, uh, you know, folks, folks showed up, uh. I was about to pass out from the heat and that son was, of a bitch. So, the heat was I mean, bad. just like the old days. Yeah. Uh, so I felt like uh, I felt like we kind of did our part. Um, I felt like we got up there. We did our thing. We didn't, like, kind of take up the whole night. We didn't try to make the whole day about us or anything like that because Lucy's was definitely a institution that was bigger than just some, some ding-dong jumping metal dudes. <laughs> um, but um I um I was really happy that everybody everybody uh dug it I was really happy my main thing I was really happy about is all the folks that got to see it that never that were like my new friends like my now wife mm-hmm. uh she she moved here in, in 2000 oh, we started dating in 2009 um you know she never knew me during those days in right. fact we just finished the last 12 bowl uh that uh, the 10 year reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so she'd never seen me play with that. I had tons of friends that I'd made and they had no idea what I was even talking about. Cause they just moved to Nashville recently or something like that. Right. So they all showed up. So they all got to see this window into Trey's past. Nice. I was just like, this is, this is what we were doing in the nineties.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I was afraid. Well, I was afraid that people would just kind of be like, "Ah." Uh, uh, they they would just be like oh that's that's nice that's this nice little band who used to be back but everyone really loved it yeah <laughs> everyone <laughs> really liked it um, like even like some of like the uh, the younger folks that were like working at Dark Matter they were just like super into it for for some reason baffling to me Right. you know I have no idea why but uh, appreciative nonetheless so I I um. It was awesome that all sorts of like old school 12-volt fans showed up um it was great that we could really just kind of show up and show out uh you know for for mary um but also uh it was just really cool to sit there and you know play for play those songs for a bunch of people who who were who who knew me and like were through rift or any other band that i'd happened to be playing in and had never ever had a, have a chance to see that yeah you know so i was just like there
0: it is. Yeah, kind of on the wife thing. My my wife came out, and you know, I always like, oh man, twelve volt back in the day. We you know we did this, we did that, but it's it's hard to say what happened back in the day. But she saw it, and she was like, "I've never seen you smile like yeah, that." Yeah, because she'll <laughs> divorce you.
1: She'll divorce you if you tell the real stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Who yeah, no? you? Yeah, twelve. volt yeah. was
0: always was never much of a. I think we were we were getting two shoe twelve volt. <laughs> <laughs> We weren't, nice. we weren't, we weren't Motley Crue by any means, <laughs> but
2: uh, I nice. we like to party every now and again. We no,
0: were, we had, we had a good time,
2: but we didn't, uh, you know. We definitely get that. We didn't get weird. We didn't get that weird.
1: Nice, very good. We well, Tra- weird, well, Trey, where should we tell people to go to keep up with Rift and uh, get the new EP, Dead World Wanderer, and all that
2: stuff? The main place I always advise is going to Bandcamp. Uh okay. If you guys, if you want the highest quality uh streaming version uh and to purchase it you can get all the Rift stuff uh one low price of about 12.50 i think or five bucks per okay uh if one of the other eps just absolutely drive you crazy uh (laughs) you know but also it's also available on all streaming platforms um as of last friday
1: okay actually
2: so i i I like to keep stuff just kind of exclusively on bandcamp Mm -hmm. for a while um But, yeah, uh, you can uh, keep up with us on uh, as far as socials. Uh, um, I'm not the best with social media, uh, but every now and again, I remember that I have a Facebook page and post some things on there. Uh, if you follow, uh, you can follow at Riff on Instagram. Uh, that would be probably the best place to keep up with stuff, whatever, Doing like shows and things like that. You know, it's always a good spot.
1: Very cool. Well, that is going to do it for not only this interview, but for uh, this edition of Chris Aker presents Toomey. Um, where should we, uh, where should we go for following your goddamn show now that you fired me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just still, honestly still all the same stuff. Just follow me on uh, Instagram Joshua Toomey and uh, Facebook and all that good stuff. So it's all talk to me, talk and all that good stuff.
1: All right, Well, uh trey um as a uh, tradition i guess here on the show i'm gonna i'm gonna play a little bit more of your music to wrap this one up and um everybody else uh eric will be back in the house i'm assuming next week he's been texting me nonstop with i met ted nugent and i met this guy and i met that guy <laughs> so he's apparently gonna have stories so that will be coming next uh, next week uh, next monday so until then i am chris aiken i'm he's toomey to me <laughs> he's trey right and we're done so we will see you all later see ya
0: see ya